Abuse, rape, or trauma are things that happen to people who are victims at that very moment. Child or adult, there's nothing you could have done to prevent the atrocity. But when it's over, the healing must begin. It gets every day. You have inner beauty. You have inner worth and value. Framing your past as your past and leaving it there will help you to frame your future and lead you to the place where you belong with a woman's soul restored. Here's LaTanya Hendry. Hello, and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. Last weekend, I had the opportunity to take part in a virtual conference, which started on that Friday evening and it culminated on that Saturday evening. But it had three different parts. It had testimonials on Friday evening, workshops on Saturday morning, and then the book release and the introduction of the authors because it was um, several authors that participated in putting that book together. So they did the book release and the introduction of the authors that night. I had the honor of being one of the workshop presenters on Saturday, that Saturday, and my topic was on um, domestic violence. One of the co-hosts was actually one of the panelists from the three-part series that we just wrapped up with um, talking about in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Minister Melanie Mason was one of the co-hosts, and she invited me to do my workshop on domestic violence and also another one of our um, panelists from that podcast Lady Veronica Stanford actually gave her testimony that Friday night so it was a very eventful weekend it was a virtual conference and I participated and watched all three parts of it very intriguing it was different because I never Um, watched a virtual conference before, but it was very uplifting. And what I want to talk about today was what I talked about or what I gave my workshop presentation on, and it was from victim to victory, from victim to victory. Now, we all know what a victim is. We were victim of crimes, things that have been done to us, malicious acts, anything that put us at the bottom of the totem pole where we have been violated in any type of way. Your car might have been stolen, your purse, somebody may have broken into your home, you would be classified as a victim. But for this conversation, since my podcast is basically about sexual crimes and sexual acts and traumas. We're going to talk about victims of domestic violence, victims of rape, victims of sexual trauma. We understand those of us that have been through that, what that does to you when you're going through it. Those of us that have been blessed to make it out of that and and able to help others, we know what it is to be on that side of the victory part of it. But today I want to talk about, and what I talked about that Saturday morning, was what about that space in the middle? That space right after you leave, but you're not quite sure, what are you supposed to do after you leave? It's kind of, and what I read, what I, the comparison I gave that morning was when we pass away or when we die. 
on your gravestone it has your birth and your death dates. But that little dash in between is so small. But it represents your whole life. Everything that happened from the time you came out of your mother's womb until the time you drew your last breath. That little small dash, that little small indention represents your life. So I thought about that as in comparison to when we come out of victim status, but before we get into victory status. Because we have heard, I know most of us probably have heard about um, purgatory, even though we know there's no such thing. You even go, you either go to heaven or hell. There's no middle ground, no waiting, no place you go to to sit until you get it together after you pass. When you're gone, you're gone. And you either go one place or another. But it can kind of be compared to that scenario where you're almost in limbo because you go through various emotions. You don't know whether you should have left. Um, did you make the right decision? Should you even go back? You know, because sometimes the unknown is more fearful than the beatings that you took that you knew. And probably, you know, and just being real about it we get accustomed to it. It is it's a twisted way to look at it, but it's a reality that we go through when we're in the middle of that situation. It's like you know if A happens, B is going to happen. But when you're out on your own and you strike out there and it is is almost like the fear of the unknown, you don't know what to expect. So many emotions flow over you when you're in that middle between victim and victory because you question your judgment you question what you've done the decision you've made to leave but then you're not in the victory status yet because it starts in our minds it starts mentally it starts in our thinking we have to claim our victory we have to know that we are victorious and then implement things just like we had to implement a plan to leave we have to implement a plan to be effective after we've left to get back on our feet. Now, that may be if you're a homemaker and a housewife and you have not worked in years, that may encompass getting back into the workforce. It may encompass you going back to school to further your education. It may encompass many things that you have not had access to do when you were married because you didn't feel a need to but now that you're on your own you're going to have to figure it out you're going to have to work it out if you have kids or if you don't have kids you still got to work it out even for yourself so when you're in that space between there and there between the two v's between the victim and the victory it could be bothersome because you want to be happy because you're not in that situation anymore. But then there's a hindsight to that. Like maybe I should have waited a little longer or if my kids are going to miss my husband or partner, whoever it was that you left. Am I going to miss them? Because it's emotional ties that goes along with being uh in in a relationship with a person you're not just in a relationship with somebody just to say you're with them you're in a relationship because you have feelings for them either you love them 
or you're in love with them. But either way, it's, it's emotional ties that don't break when you leave. Those feelings that you have for a person don't leave even when they beat you down. You, you still love them because your heart is the last thing to let go. Your mind could let go easily. Your mind could say, look, this ain't for me. This is not working, so I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, but the heart will keep you there. The heart will tie you, bind you there. And whenever your mind tells you you need to have a strategy to leave, your heart is saying, but he may change. Uh, but she may change or uh, any kind of instances that we can tell ourselves to where we want to give that person a chance because we love them. It's not that we, we're stupid. I wasn't stupid back then when I stayed with my ex-husband. I wasn't stupid when I stayed with my daughter's father as a, a young mother, a, a teenager, when I had my daughter. And we were together until she was five. So back and forth because I would leave and, and come back. And that didn't make me a stupid person. It, it, it I loved him. I honestly loved him. And we shared something intimate together. We shared a child. So, yes, I, I endured what I endured. But after each time, I would want to me. I wanted him to change. I wanted him not to do the things that he did to me. I wanted the love that I had for him and, and deep down I knew he loved me, but I wanted him to express it the same way I did. But because he had problems in his childhood with his, his mother and because I had a problem childhood, we were just two troubled young people trying to make it work and it didn't work. It it really didn't. So I said that to say that when we're emotionally tied to people, it's not like you on a, and even on a job, I'm just going to, that's a good example. When we're on our job and we can be in a wild job for many years. And if things are just going awry on that job, things that they're not paying us right, um, we, we can't get the promotion because the people we train, they able to get what we're in line for. And it gets to a point where we just want to leave that job. But then you think about it and it's like I've invested time into this workplace and into the space I've donated. I've, I've been here. Maybe it'll happen the next time. So then you end up staying on the job. It's the same thing. All that car that that, you know, need to be put down and you, you need to invest in another car. But because this car is paid for and you don't want to make car payments and you might not have the money to buy a car outright off the lot, you, you put up with the car that's putting you down. Relationships are the same way. We put up with people and we go through things because we, we want to be in for the long haul. We don't want to think that five years was wasted with somebody. And it, Lord forbid if you've been married. 10, 12, 14, 18 years and and you just physically you can't take any more of what's happening but emotionally you're tied to that person and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt you want to believe that they're going to change their ways you, you want to believe desperately that they're going to be able to love you and stop what they're doing and a large percentage of the times 93% to be exact they do not stop. It doesn't stop. It gets worse. And the main example I gave on sat that Saturday 
was with my own mother. I'm a product of domestic abuse. And because I was a product of, no, I was not old enough to see it. But I was aware of what happened to my mother when I got old enough. And my grandmother told me so that I could understand that, that she was not my mother, but my grandmother. And the reason why my mother was no longer with us. But being a product of domestic violence for generations, because um, I have older relatives in their 80s, 90s, that I, I love history. I love to learn about my family's history, which is extensive. And I've learned about my great-grandmother and how her husband used to beat her. And unfortunately, I lived in the house with my grandfather, step-grandfather, but still in the same, he represented a grandfather, how he would beat my grandmother in that home and what he did to me in that home and how I lost my mother to domestic violence. So I would be, I was the fourth generation. But like I said on Friday, on Saturday morning, I thank God that my daughter was not fifth generation even though I was not empowered, I empowered her. And I think a lot of the reason why I was not empowered was because my mother was taken from me so young. And because my grandmother was going through her own issues with her male and she was getting beaten. She saw, I can remember her peeping around the door, looking at what my grandfather was doing to me. I can remember that distinctly, just like it happened yesterday. But she wasn't healed. So because she wasn't healed, she could not help me. She could not save me from what I went through. But she was emotionally tied to this man. She was emotionally tied to, and he was like 20 years older than her. So it, it was a significant age difference. So if that was my grandmother and he was 20 years older than her, I think it was 20 plus years then you could imagine how old this man was. He was a very old man, but he did molest me as a child. And I thank God that he removed that memory from me because I don't know what would have happened to me in my adult years when I was going through my own stuff if I remembered that I was molested as a child. He brought that memory back to me in 2015, 2014, 2015, roughly. And it traumatized me, but then I was thankful because God spared my memory. He cared about me that much just to spare the what happened to me to keep me safe from I, the, those two times I tried to commit suicide. I might have been successful at it if all of that was dumped on me. So I thank God for the preservation of my memory. He brought it back to me when I was old enough to handle it. But I empowered my daughter to be strong, to not even in high school, don't settle for those little boys hitting on you because it starts with just a little lick, a little love hit that mean I love you and they hug you and stuff later. And 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 I told her to be deep with it, to be serious about it. And she took it to form. She's about five foot one. She's a little short, a little short person, but a firecracker. She's very independent, moved from Savannah to Pennsylvania on her own. Um, about seven or eight years ago, didn't know a soul, just took up and left. And I hope that was because I empowered her to be a strong woman. I empowered her that she could make it on her own. 
if God blessed her with a husband or what have you, so be it. But until that day comes, you can make it on your own. And she did. And now she has her own family, her own daughter, that hopefully she will empower the same way to advocate for yourself and stand up for yourself. It took me years to get to where I'm at now. But I thank God for me being where I am at 53 years old from a life of back-to-back traumatic events of of different types of violations to my body, to my spirit, to my soul, being left under a house for dead, basically, being raped, being gang raped, just many things that have happened in my life. And then to have to remember that I was molested as a child. All of those things could have broken me because you, you have a choice in this in between your victim to your victory. You could either go to the left or you could go to the right. What's the left and the right? Well, the left is the debauchery, the drugs, the drinking, the men, the sleeping around, the things we get into that can numb the pain. And I had my moments of that. I had my moments when I was younger. I drank more than any man could drink. I would dr- mix bull and gin together and just that the the bull was my chaser for the gin or I would just mix it. And and I have sniffed cocaine in my in my 20s. I I did a lot of things to numb the pain, to try to feel better, to try to get mentally get those images out of my mind of things that had happened to me as a teenager with my daughter's father. So that's why I say today that God kept my memory because there's no telling where I would have ended up if I had not forgotten or I don't know what they call it medically, what happened to me with my memory of what my my step-grandfather did to me. But I did not remember. And all those things that happened to me after that, I don't know where I would have happened, what would have what I would have done to myself if I had lived through all that and remembered because there's only so much that the mental state can take. Everybody has a breaking point. And how I was back then being a single mother of three, two boys, 13 months apart, it, it was hard as it was. And to add something that happened to me as a child on top of that, I don't know what I would have done to myself. But I'm thankful today for victory, and I thank him for my victory that I got many years ago, but it was a process. It wasn't a process that happened quickly. It wasn't a process that happened with me being willing to do every step. But it got to a point where I had no choice. I had children that I had to raise but ultimately, and I've said this before, I did it for myself because right now my children are grown. We are empty nesters. Nobody's home. So if I was doing it just for my children, what would I have done with myself when my children were no longer in the house? My sons are 27 and 28 years old. They're not children anymore. My daughter's 36. So if I had did it just for my children, children grow up. So, yes, that's one of the reasons we find clarity with what we do in our life is because of our children. But mainly and most importantly, we have to do it for ourselves. So here go 
three things really quick that we need to do when we're in between victim to victory. We have to seek help. We have to seek God. We have to learn how to deal with a new normal. Just like we're dealing with a new normal with this pandemic, we have to learn how to deal with a new normal, getting out of an abusive relationship, getting out of being raped getting out of being molested, getting out of those sexual things that violate us, uh, verbal abuse, getting past that, being able to walk through your house and feel free. We have to learn a new normal. And part of that is even if you don't want to talk to someone, even if you don't feel comfortable doing that yet, you have to be able to encourage yourself. I, and that's mainly what I did. I, I I limit the people that I had talked to because I didn't trust too many people. I had one very good friend, which I met after my daughter's father. Um, my best friend, actually, been friends for 27, I think 28 years now. Very dear friend, more like a sister. But when I would go through things, she was going through her things as well. So we were each other's confidant and through us go we worked at the same job i met her at work and through us going through what we were going through we became friends and now more so sisters than friends i but that was really the only woman that i confided in because we confided in one another it wasn't like i had a whole tribe of people that wanted the best for me it was just me Back then, I thank God that my family is is close now. But back then, it was a different time. And God gave me my friend. And we helped each other through a lot of stuff. But if we don't have that person that we can talk to, we have to encourage ourselves. And even that comes to a pro- from a process. Because when you're coming out of something, you don't feel encouraged. You don't feel good. You don't feel like anything. But it's possible. You have to look yourself in that mirror and know regardless of how you look, regardless of how you feel, you are beautiful. The second thing is you have to forgive. You have to forgive that person because forgiveness is not for the person. Forgiveness is for you. And the longer you drag it, the longer you hold on to it, it does something to you. It drags you. It it makes you it always takes you back to that place. I share with those the the viewers on Saturday that were looking at the part of my part of the workshop that me and my ex-husband are cordial towards each other now. It's never going to get to a point where we're buddy buddy and we're, you know, each other's friend and we hugging when we see one another. No, we're not there. But we know how to be cordial with one another. I forgave him years ago for what he did to me. I had to because it was driving me crazy. So forgiveness is very is is vital in getting from victim to victory. And then the third thing, and I'm probably not giving them an order, but these are the three things. And one of these this this thing is we have to love ourselves enough to know that we made the right decision, and you can't go back because women have gone back and have died. Because they don't forget when you leave. Most of the beatings that I got from my daughter's father was when I would come back. 
and it would be maybe three weeks to a month that everything would be okay and then just one thing of stepping out of line and there it was and it was worse each time I would leave and come back it got intensely worse so when you leave you have to trust yourself and know that you're doing the best for yourself that you planned you're okay with this decision and you're going to be all right so bear with what you got to go through those emotions and whatever you may be feeling after you leave and before you get to your victory because your victory is right there you just got to get to it you got to go through the emotions you got to go through the the challenges of learning to deal with yourself because when you're dealing with somebody that's abusive or somebody that if you had a normal life and, and you, you got raped, those are a whole different set of emotions right there. So you have to learn how to deal with your own self differently. So in doing that and when you encompass those things and when you start embracing who you are now and that you don't didn't deserve what you went through, and that you're lovely and that you're beautiful and that you're strong and that you made it. You made it because many didn't. My mother didn't make it, but I made it. I thank God I did. And you're going to make it too. Whatever part of the phase you're in, either the victim, if you're going through this now, if you're in the middle stages of you've left, but you really don't know what to do. Or if you're to the point where your victory, if you have reached your victory, you got to go back and help others. It's a responsibility. It's, it's too many that are being hurt and killed while some of us sit back just because it's not us anymore. Or even if you have not gone through it and you know somebody going through it, it's not me now. That's not my problem. Somebody that we have to love each other more than that. We have to know that our brothers and sisters problem is our problem. And even as women, we have to be a tribe for one another. We have to know that when our sister go through something, we go through it too. Because that sets all of us back. No matter what one individual has accomplished in their, in their individual task, as a group of women, as a, a gender, as women in general, we have to go through this together. We have to overcome this together. So no one can snatch your victory from you once you get it. And your smile is not fake if you're laughing and happy before you get to your victory. If you are in that middle space and you smile, no, it's not fake. And don't let nobody tell you it's fake. It's faith. You are faithing your smile until you get to where you need to be. Don't let anyone drag you back to what you have been delivered from. Just know that your victory is right there. And if all of us have compassion for one another, if all of us be in that fight together, this is not just a, a victim's fight. This is a fight against an unseen but a felt enemy because we can't see it because the face of the person is not the enemy. What the person is doing, that's the enemy. So we're fighting an unseen enemy. We're fighting an enemy that all of us need to come together to, to overcome. 
So even with our brothers, we have to not be dismissive about them and know that it's harder for them to say that they have been through some kind of 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 abuse. If whether it be childhood or whether it be domestic, it's hard for a man to say that. And we can't dismiss it and laugh it away like, oh, you're a man, man up about it. No, no, we can't. We have to stop that. The mentality has to be changed. And it starts with each one of us individually. And then we come together and we get it right. So I hope this week has been um, enlightening and and learning how to get from victim to victory. We're in a brand new month and a month of a holiday, Thanksgiving. And this is really a time when we really have to look out for our neighbors because it's going to be the beginning of a, a Thanksgiving or a holiday season like we've never had before. We have to do Thanksgiving differently. And this will be the time when somebody that's getting abused it could be used that they can't come to a social function because of COVID. When in actuality, this is just a reason for them to not come out because they've gotten beaten or th- that abuser don't want them around their families. So if you know of anyone that's going through a situation, no, you can't talk to them openly. You can't be trying to whisper to them in front of the abuser because those abusers are smart and they know when somebody's trying to step in and help. And the next thing you know, you're not going to have access to them. So just be wise and in your help. But please try and help. Pray for them, but be an advocate for them as well. So for this week, this is LaTanya Hendry with A Woman's Soul Restored. You can send me an email at Restored at gmail.com. My website is www.LiveLifeNowLoveLifeNow.net. And my Facebook page is also A Woman's Soul Restored, where I post not daily, and I'm getting to daily content, but I'm posting like every two to three days, mostly three days, of content and information and and just uplifting um, pictures or what have you. So be sure to tune in next week and listen to the archives if you're new to the podcast and not familiar with what it is that we're discussing or want more information. Just go back to the archives and listen in. So until next week, be blessed. Mm